Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 65. I just have one quick announcement to make, which is that I had two brand new tracks drop on all the major streaming platforms um, this past week. Um, They are two remixes from my first album remixed sort of in the style of masks. So, um, So if you like me and you like the things I make, go and check those out. And oh my gosh, if you haven't heard masks yet, freaking listen to it okay it's been over it's been almost two entire months since it came out um and also I'm proud to let you guys know that I am already writing for another new project and I have been busy I've been working on all kinds of creative stuff and trying to book interviews with super super cool people um, sending out many emails to people who would like to interview um Lots of lots of good stuff in the pipeline. Um, today's interview is with Brandon Ngo, um, and I'm going to read you his bio right now. Brandon is an actor and writer based in Salt Lake City. After graduating from the University of Utah with a BFA in film and media arts, he's found steady work on stage, on camera, and on paper for the better part of the last five years. He has worked with Plan B Theater, Hale Center Theater, and Vavani Productions, among others, and has a small part in a lifetime Christmas movie, but... The peak of his career was in ninth grade when he played Augustus Gloop in Willy Wonka Jr. Um, So that's Brandon's bio. Um, And then one last little thing. Um, This is the final episode where instead of a little advertisement um, where I tell you guys about a cool business that I want to support. Um, Instead of that, I'm going to play just a little snippet from one of the songs from Masks. um, And I'm happy to report that I have a great um, little promo code set up for you guys for an awesome company um, starting next week. So you could be listening for that and get yourself a little discount on a cool product. Um, But for today, I'm going to show you a little snip of my song Panacea. Um, if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen, um, and heard some of the live version that we recorded, but I wanted to make sure that everybody hears the studio version or a little bit of the studio version because it's got just a great, cool, cool vibe. Um, for anyone who hasn't already read it on my like emails and social stuff, um, Panacea is the goddess of health and, um, And so this song is named after her. Um, And it is about, um, it's about the mask of like weakness being disguised as strength. And it's about, um, you know, that it's high time that a strong power stops being the, uh, the most um, powerful power in our, in our world, um, the power that really moves things and changes things. And it's time for us to try smart power and soft power and possibly a more feminine power, a more intersectional power, um, all of the things. So that's what Panacea is about. You can read it however you want. And that's all. So without further ado, here comes a little bit of Panacea and then my interview with my new friend, Brandon Ngo. Enjoy. Emboldened by the day, you know the game we play. Take an angle, make a big move, big news. 
Art feels like magic, pure, visionary. And sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections. But we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Um, so I, I always start with people at the beginning of their lives, and I'd love for you to just tell me what you were like as a child in terms of like your creativity. Oh, okay. Like what kind of stuff were you up to? Um, yeah, I, I was always playing with toys and drawing, and, and I didn't realize it until I thought about it, like kind of recently but i was always also like performing yeah and uh i i was also writing a lot like a lot of skits like sketches and i didn't realize that until i um i forget when it was kind of recently but i was looking back on i found all my old stuff that i saved on like my dad's old computer or whatever yeah and yeah i had written a lot of stories just a lot of short stories yeah Little plays and skits and stuff. How old were you when you started doing that? Do you know? I think it was around second or third. Well, must have been first grade that um, I started writing. Did you have things. siblings? Uh, yeah, one younger brother. Okay, cool. So you're the oldest, which I think sometimes like, you know, like the fact that you're the oldest maybe means that you weren't getting these ideas from like an older sibling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, not that it's a problem if you are, but I like to kind of ask. So, okay. So you're like, you're, you're, you're like producing little, you're performing. W- were you performing? Uh, yeah. So like performing just in the home, like putting on little skits. Yeah. Maybe not for anyone, but okay, yeah. my, my, you know, I would play with my brother and my cousins would come over and we would, um, we would do, oh yeah, we would do sketches for each other or like, um, little improv games too. And oh, I, cool. I didn't know they were called improv games yeah. back then. How did you come, how did you we like, were come up with those ideas? We were just trying to make each other laugh, right? Yeah. And come up with scenarios and we would go up and take turns doing different, um, oh, what's the word? I forget. Uh, I w- I'm word. sorry. I would help if I like. No, it's totally <laughs> escaping me. But we would go up and kind of like that show Whose Line, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, like little prompts. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have little prompts or scenarios yeah. or 
Sure. Whatever, and we'd go up and make yeah, each other laugh. I feel like there is a name for that that I'm also not remembering at the it's moment. Me. I think I'm yeah. getting dumber. I'm, lo- I'm like losing <laughs> my vocabulary. You mean like just in generally or, yeah. or in I'm, quarantine? I can't, <laughs> yeah, especially in quarantine. I can't remember <laughs> words. I just keep forgetting more and more words. How old are you? I'm 26. I don't know. I'm, I'm, thir- I just turned 32. And sometimes I feel like that's happening to me. And I wonder, like, is this just because, like, I, it's been so long since I was in like my AP classes mm-hmm. that were yeah. like, you know, <laughs> that forced me to engage. In, yes. Or is it because yeah. like I'm working on so many things that mm-hmm. my brain is just like, is it a lack of sleep? Is it yeah. like adult anxiety? Like all of that is very detrimental. <laughs> I'm sure you're not getting dumber. <laughs> no. Every, yeah, I keep pausing during moments like this. I'm like, here it comes. Another like <laughs> 10 seconds of silence. I don't know what the word is. Yeah, like, I'm just going to sit here and <laughs> it's probably not going to come. Oh, that's so frustrating. Yeah. It's also very relatable. Well, I think when you're like, when your mind is creative, it does like, I feel that happening to me sometimes where like my brain is so buzzing around about so many things and then it will just like, it just gets like confused. Yeah. Like the branches between the things like yeah, no longer agreed. seem to be there. Your brain's like, I'm tired. Yeah, to- totally. You can't ask this of me right now. Yeah. You've asked too much. You've asked too much. Yeah. So you're drawing, you're writing a lot, you're playing improv games with your cousins, like being very creative. Um, I have kind of like two questions. One is like, was that, was any of that modeled to you by like any adults in your life or like encouraged? I guess- I'll just ask them one at a time. Go, yeah, I'm go not, ahead. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think so. so My you, uncle was always really uh, playful. Yeah. Us, and uh, he would, uh, yeah, he introduced us to, or um, me and my brother to like all the, all our uh, comic book movies and okay. superheroes. And he was also a huge, he would watch Whose Line Is It Anyway a lot. Okay. So that like that idea of like, I mean, I used to watch Whose Line when I was little, not like little, little kid, but like, you know, an older child and a younger teen. And it never would have occurred to me that that was something that I could do. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like it was like it belonged to like other people. For sure. So that's cool that like you had some you had like an older person in your life kind of being like, we can maybe try some of these things. I mean, that was even later. A little bit later. Yeah, because I remember first grade, um, our school was putting on like a Christmas play. Yeah. And I don't think, I, I don't know what encouraged me to do I just wanted to do it. Yeah. Like, I want to be a part of that. Mm. Do you have theories about like where that comes from? No idea. Yeah. No clue. I, love, I don't know. I love talking about this with people. <laughs> yeah. I guess sometimes people just have that um, yearning. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, do, it's just a part of... Do you remember like feeling it that way when you were little, like a child, like kind of some of your earlier memories? Do, do you remember feeling like it was like a, like a yearning? Like, was it that or did that yeah. kind of come later? I guess it wasn't. I guess yearning's not the right word. I mean, word. yearning is a heavy word, yeah. but I think like I know pining, what you mean. Like a, like a, like a need, drum. like a... Yeah, yeah. A kind of a compulsion to be sure. on stage. Yeah. Right? That's saw, just like it was something yeah, that you just When I saw had. the notice, I'm like, oh, I got to do that. Yeah. Um, my other question was whether the adults in your life were like acknowledging that creativity, like, were they like, Oh, Brandon, he's so creative or like, I think so. Yeah. What, what do you remember, remember about it? I remember in the uh, first grade, 
again, first grade, I, I wrote like this little short story about a swan and I just for fun and I gave it to my teacher and she loved it. And she like was, you know, talking to my parents about how great it was. Mm. And I didn't realize what I had just done, you know, like yeah, no one just you writes. You just were having, sure. Oh, I guess a lot of kids do, but. Well, um, I mean, not that many kids do. I yeah. I talk about this because I teach children. I mean, most of the time I teach, I'm teaching teens, but when I have had the opportunity to teach children, um, anyone who listens to this podcast has heard me say this a million times, <laughs> but I feel like it's pretty rare that a child takes like that kind of ownership where they'll do something that hasn't been yeah. like assigned. Right, right. Like I, I do actually think that's kind of rare. Um, it's not rare if you're talking to a group of adult artists, mm-hmm. but I think it's kind of rare generally. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm wondering. Like, you know, I, this podcast is about like art identity, I think more than anything and like creative identity and how we see our creativity, like what it means to us, what we think it means to the world, you know, whatever, all those things. And that's why I like to start at the beginning because you know, what creativity like meant to you as a child and how the adults in your life either encouraged it or, you know, praised it. Um, or taught you, mm-hmm. you know, I think those things are like important kind of through lines. Oh, you know what? My dad used to play guitar for us a lot um, as little kids growing up. And my grandma taught me a bunch of Vietnamese songs Cool. that I forgot by yeah. now, well, unfortunately. Maybe you um, can relearn them. <laughs> yeah. But I guess um, that had to have been the catalyst because I can't think of anything else. But, you know. So there was like, yeah. but no one in your family is like a professional artist. No, but there's no. like there's creativity, like there's yeah. a there's a value system that includes creativity. Yeah, and when you kind of started showing up as a creative child mm-hmm. and kind of like yeah. wanting to do the play and like wanting to write um, little sketches, um, your parents they like they liked it. Yeah, yeah, they they they're, they they've always been it. super supportive of it. That's awesome. Um, and f- for a long time, it was you know keep it as a hobby, but we still support you sure. until I showed them like my first, you know, paycheck from doing a commercial and like, Oh, this is a real career. Great. Yeah. You can keep doing it. That's awesome. Um, I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, this is also something I talk about with my guests a ton, which is like, is it, what are the ethics of like encouraging young people to like pursue art <laughs> professionally or not? And I yeah. think like, I kind of think there's, there's a very blurry line in there, which maybe yeah. we, can, we can talk about later uh, or now. Oh, I mean, I do you know. have a thought I, about it? Off okay. the cuff. <laughs> yeah. I have to we can talk about it in a minute. I'm all over it. So, okay. So like creativity to you as a little child, to the best of your memory is like kind of something you came with. It was kind of something that was like part of your, just part of your personality. Yeah. Um, and then it was also sort of encouraged. Um, you mentioned something about comic books. Is that right? Like oh, yeah. You, like you, superhero movies. Sure. Like so Bat- Batman and you were Superman. consuming media in a way that felt like bi- big to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is and there anything else you want to say? About I, that? yeah, I would watch my brother and I would like watch the movie Batman and Robin, right? On VHS. I love that and, one, but yeah. I love it because of po- like poison. That's, oh yeah. Uma Thurman's it, so cool in that one. That's it, one it's that, like yeah. the perfect level of campy and it, it knows it's campy. People yeah. like to make fun of this movie. But I loved it as it, a kid. Yeah. It's so self-aware. It's so dorky and dumb. Well, and that one, isn't that the one that has Batgirl too? Yes. Alicia Silverstone's yeah. in it. I think <laughs> I liked Crystal it because there were, there were several female characters. Yes, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, no. What was I going to say? Uh, we were just talking about media oh, and like yeah, kind yeah. of okay. how it was affecting your creative mind. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, I guess a lot of boys grow up wanting to be superheroes, right? And they put on capes. And- totally. But I do think that, um, you know, when I talk to people who have pursued creativity into their adulthood, mm-hmm. um, there maybe is a, a slightly different level of intoxication like, <laughs> yeah, as a child with the media. That's true. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, are we allowed to swear on this? You sure. Okay. I want you to be whoever you know. are and do <laughs> whatever's like natural for you. Myself. <laughs> um, yeah, I would, it would be, I guess, unhealthy consumption of like, I don't know how many times I've watched Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, and well, it's Lion like King too. Yeah. Something like sparks you that creative mind, and and that's why again, like I I like to talk about our early relationships with creativity because, you know, plenty of the artists that I've interviewed, they describe their child selves as not being that creative. Like mm-hmm. they weren't, they didn't have an affinity for anything. They weren't like really great at anything. Yeah. But just were so like so captivated by the media they were consuming right. that it was like, I got to figure out a way to be involved in that. Yeah. Um, which I also think is like, I mean, what's more important? Like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, I think that's the, the common thread with everyone, right? They watch a st- stand up comic that they like or a movie or they, or hear music. Know, music. Yeah, yeah. Music. And they, they don't know it. And I didn't know it either, but it just influences everything you want and do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And you're just compelled to. Well, and I also like, be that I'm, this is maybe like not totally related, but I'm, I'm also fascinated by like whether there's a moment where you kind of realize like, Oh, I'm more into this than other kids. You know, <laughs> like that's what yeah. like some of that identity yeah. stuff. I'm really when curious your friends about like, You're it. doing the play. Like, right. Yeah, or wait, like, you guys aren't, why do you want to watch Batman and Robin again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like, yeah, you know, or whatever. Like, I mean, I was interviewing someone a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about how, um, as children, we both, um, l- like we didn't really play with our little toys, but we mm-hmm. would like arrange them and kind oh, of yeah. dust them and like, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and that even, I mean, I feel like that's the kind of thing where your friends are like, okay, weirdo. And yeah. you're like, but oh this God. feels like something like you just like, have I'm a, creating a story guys. Yeah. Don't like, just throw these toys around. These are characters. Right. Like, <laughs> like you have a different type of an emotional relationship yeah. to the things around you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, everybody tells different stories. A lot of my guests talk about like their early creative development being more about consumption of media hmm. and like play. Um, and then kind of developing like skill sets later. Right. And yeah. then some of my guests are like, I started doing ballet when I was four years old mm-hmm. and that's still what I do, you know, like, yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. I um, wish I was that kind of artist. Do I started you? training at like three yeah, to, I'm just mediocre at just everything right feel, now. <laughs> Dude, that's so like, that's so relatable. Yeah. I was just thinking that yesterday. I was like, I've, I've lately, I've been in the habit of taking my dog on like a, a two or three mile walk in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, I frequently don't bring a podcast or anything. I'll just kind of like think. And, um, yesterday I was listening to a podcast about creativity and uh they were talking about like oh just dig into like what you're really good at and i just was like i feel like i'm like kind of good at like (laughs) oh a million things Mm -hmm. (laughs) but nothing to be super proud of or show off that anyone else is gonna get excited about (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's just like a, that's a sign of just like curiosity. Yeah. You know? Like, let's try this. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been thinking recently about like just getting like a really crappy sewing machine and like <laughs> trying to learn how to sew. Cause yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I have time. I'm like, all my gigs are canceled. <laughs> Same. I'm like yeah. staying home and just watching movies. I'm like, you know, it's good. I, I'll just, you know, consume other art and media. But yeah. at some point you're like, I think I'm just being lazy. Yeah. How about I sculpting? To, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I should buy a bass guitar. I need to do something. I should get a new bass guitar. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I did that right before quarantine hit. I bought a bass guitar cause I saw on, I found this girl on YouTube who's like 19 in Norway and she's like an incredible bass player. Yeah. I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. So I got a bass guitar and then How's I'm like, Oh, I, I can't, I know how. I'm not even anywhere close to being able to figure this out. So yeah, I'm trying to, I'm figuring out all the, like, you know, the scales and uh, what all the notes are on the frets. Cool. Cool. It just takes Good discipline. For you. Yeah. It really does. So, okay. So as a kid, you're exploring a lot, you're writing. Do, I mean, maybe I have one other question, which is like, did you ever feel like, you know, I'm sure this starts happening eventually. I don't want to like project, but like as a small kid, did you feel any like, is this good? Am I good at this? Like, was there any sort oh. of like worry about it or was it all just yeah, I guess fun? I, I wasn't thinking about it. Right. I good. just was like, oh, this is fun. I yeah. want to keep being in little plays with my yeah. classmates and just make people laugh. Cool. Um, yeah. It wasn't until junior high in ninth grade when For I, most of us, it happens. eventually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might be like one of the lucky, like very, very, very small percentage. Who's like, Nope, I've never felt, I've yeah. never been criticized. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. I didn't. But sometimes I think as a little, little kid, especially if you're kind of, if in addition to this creative thing, you have like an achieving thing, mm -hmm. like that's kind of in your like little makeup, um, pretty early it can start being like, you know, you draw a thing and like some adults in your life are like, this is really good. Mm -hmm. And then like you keep wanting that reaction. Oh my gosh. That's, <laughs> like, that's right. Yeah. That's what happened. Okay. That did happen I, to you? In my, yeah, my first like downer critique moment yeah. was right after I wrote that swan story for my teachers mm. and she loved it. I was like, Oh, I should write another one. Yeah. And then I wrote like, you know, I had a dumb sixth grade, I mean a six year old sense of humor. Right. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. was like poop and butt and stuff. So I was like, <laughs> I'll write her a funny story. Yeah. What a six year old thinks is funny. So I wrote this really crass and I drew pictures. Yeah. It's like about butts and farts and poop. And she, she hated it, I guess. Cause yeah. all she did was she oh, corrected no. my spelling mistakes and gave it back to me. Oh, like, no. oh, she hated that one. Yeah. I feel bad. Well, and even if your second story was like as good as the first story, you're never going to get that same reaction because then people kind of expect that of you. Mm -hmm. And in order to get a reaction, you have to like yeah. do something better. Yeah. Um, so, but mostly your creativity was pretty like pure. Like it wasn't yep. motivated by like yeah. trying to get praise. That's so interesting. I never thought about that. But yeah, it was, it was just pure creation yeah. until ninth grade. Cool. Yeah. 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 I want to, I, I just want to be clear, like not for you, but for the listener, like when I say like pure, I don't mean that as like a good or a bad. No. Cause I think sure. as a child, if like you're trying to get praise, that's also fine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I just mean yeah, sorry, like, like it was. I'd like to apologize for all the, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, validation seeking. Yeah. Kids out there. Especially as a little kid, like if your entire motivation for your creativity is validation seeking, fine. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I, d- I do like to know like when or if that stuff has begun. Yeah. Um, so it, so it, it felt just totally like as pure as such a qualitative word, like it just felt, uh, yeah. like it wasn't connected to any sort of feedback. I, yeah. I guess I meant. Yeah, not that it's good or bad, but yeah, the I'm only the one reason... that said that, not you. Oh, so okay. <laughs> my bad. Right. I just I'm correcting you. I don't have me. to apologize. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> um, oh, it's actually fourth grade. Okay. Yeah. My first jokes started not landing. Oh no. It was terrible. So yeah. So okay. Did you at any point in your like childhood? So I would say up to like the age of like twelve ish. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any point in there where you were taking any lessons? doing any like kind of more organized or formal like art education? Um, no, it was all just, um, public school. Whenever a play would, uh, you know, be put on yeah. by the, you know, the, the grade or, you know, music day. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so it wasn't anything regular. No. It was just like when there was stuff you would sign up mm-hmm. for it. And then what about like writing and visual art? Like did, did you, did you, like, I don't know. I I kind of want to know if and when it started being more of like a thing that you're like, I mm. do this regularly. It's okay if it didn't. Just yeah. if it does, I want to I I know. My first, you know, quote, real thing uh, was my, was the ninth grade play when I chose to audition okay. and be a part of something. And that was kind of the beginning of being like, I'm going to pursue this in yeah, a different way, yeah. like more of kind yeah. of a choice. Cause I saw, yeah, I don't know what happened after uh, sixth grade. Uh, I guess my first step into junior high, I kind of lost all that creativity cause you know, um, you were just, it's socially stressful. New, new school. Yeah, yeah. Socially stressful. So I stopped being a part of creative things and, um, I was really depressed. I think looking back. Yeah. And then I saw my friends doing like choir and doing the school play and stuff like, and I thought, oh my God, that looks so fun. Yeah. I guess I forgot that that's what I've always been doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, was that like, were you before that, were you doing enough creative stuff that like it, w- did anybody notice? Did like, did anyone in your family like notice like, why aren't you writing anymore? No, I guess not. I, I even, I thought, I guess that it was always oh, just a part of school being a part of these I fun see. things. Right. So yeah, it didn't feel to it you like feel something that was like yours. Yeah. yeah. E- even though like maybe you were kind of more excited about it than some kids. Yeah. Yeah. And you're and even like, like what, what was going on in your media consumption during like older childhood? Oh, I was still, um, you're listening still to a lot. I love, yeah, I was listening to so much music. The radio was like my escape from everything. Yeah. I'd wait for my favorite songs to come on. And but you weren't playing any instruments mm-mm. yet. Um, and okay. Yeah. So you're consuming a lot. Your brain is lit up by it. You know that like, you know that you like value art, but you're not making, you're, cut, you're yeah. not really spending. I suddenly just forgot self-driven to. Self-driven time yeah, about it. I forgot to immerse myself in creating, I sure. guess. Okay. Yeah, so in sixth grade, like, you're probably, like, you're starting middle school. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Um, you feel depressed. And then, yeah, it, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's, like, another question I have in there. Like, so, okay, so one of the things that I get, like, obsessed with as an interviewer and mm-hmm. as, like, just a human, I feel totally burdened by the idea that we lose creatives. 
Like I get really stressed out about it. Like the idea that there are these oh, yeah. creative minds who like fall off. Yeah. Yeah. It really stresses me out. Just the, the right amount of things go wrong. Totally. And they just forget to, or they, they don't feel like they can be creative anymore. Yeah. Someone yeah. tells them like, this isn't for you yeah. or this isn't good or this isn't important. Um, and so I guess I, I guess I maybe want to ask, like, do you feel like you were like at risk of like not being creative anymore? Yeah, and I think so. Do you have, yeah. I mean, is there anything you want to say about like, I don't know, do you have like advice or like perspective about like, um, yeah. Um, it's okay if you don't, I just, I think that a lot, a trap that a lot of us fall into and one that I fell into was, you know, you get tricked into thinking you need to wait for permission to do great things. Yeah. You don't need the go ahead from someone, you know, in charge or even someone that you look up to. Yeah. If you've, if you've got the urge to create something or this doesn't even have to do with art or anything. If you have the urge to pursue something or create something that you feel really excited about, then you, you can't think about it. You just have to do it. Yeah. You can't wait for permission. There are so many gatekeepers, especially in the, you know, the creative arts community. Yeah. They tell you, no, you can't do it this way. Or if you can't do it this way, then you probably shouldn't do it at all. Yeah. But uh, they don't get to tell you how to be creative. They don't know your story. They don't know what kind of story you're trying to tell. Totally. And uh, if you get bogged down in that, into like finding people that'll tell you, that'll give you permission, right? To tell you, oh yeah, you've Mm -hmm. got the right idea. Yeah. Then. um, Yeah. You're you're, you're at risk. You're going to get lost. You you might find those people, but it's like a, it's a a big risk. That's the thing. You, you have to do it. And then the like-minded people will find you. Yeah. You, you'll attract those people. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, so yeah. So I think you started this by saying like, you know, some, something like you had forgotten that you didn't need permission or something like that. Like maybe you yeah, were waiting, I, oh, what was it? waiting for someone to like, kind of give you permission to do creative stuff. Is, is that right? Like, you know, cause between sixth grade and ninth grade is several years and they're yeah. really like crucial, like kind of formative years. Um, so I guess I'm just wondering if you like know the answer to like what happened, you know, like <laughs> yeah. if you're like, this is what happened uh, and this is how someone could like avoid it. And it's, it's perfectly fine if you don't, I just, uh, it's so strange. If you I, have a thought about it, I would like to hear it. I don't know what happened. Yeah. The, I mean, who I, knows? I guess the thing that I can give advice on is to just be aware of how happy it makes you when you, yeah when you uh, accidentally rediscover it. Because, yeah. you know, when I saw my friends performing and I got excited for them and for me, I I didn't really realize what was happening, right? Yeah. It was because I forgot you that I realize, loved that. You didn't quite realize that you had been missing it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Interesting. Um, so then, yeah, what yeah. happened? Like what happened when you kind of got back into it? So, yeah, I auditioned for it for the ninth grade play. It was Willy Wonka Jr. Cool. And... I got cast as Augustus Gloop. Cool. It <laughs> seems like a miscast. I know. <laughs> no, that's my typecast. I keep getting thrown in those roles. No, they made me like a fat suit and everything. I was like a hundred pounds, maybe. Oh my gosh. Hundred pound Asian kid, and they made me a fat suit to play a German kid. Do they have you do a German accent? Yeah, I tried one. 
I, <laughs> I barely knew how to do like a standard British yeah. accent. At, oh my what, gosh. How old was it? Like 12? You think they would just like kind of rewrite the part or something, but I guess. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> uh, That's so funny. Yeah, that was fun. And you were in ninth grade. In ninth grade. Okay, cool. And yeah. uh, what was the question? No, I, I was just wondering, I was just wondering like what happened? Like how did you start getting more into uh, it? Like, yeah. you know. It was weird. Yeah. So. Um, in elementary, I was one of the few kids who really embraced and enjoyed and thrived off of performing in front of crowds and yeah. just people. You didn't feel scared of didn't that. Didn't climb up or get nervous at all. I just enjoyed. It sounds egotistic, or uh, but no. I enjoyed the yeah. attention, right? I, I mean, more than that, again, I, I like people, like making people laugh. Totally. I, I mean, again, I feel like sometimes, like frequently, I'll sit here with adult artists and they'll be like, "Well, I try not to care what other people think," and it's <laughs> like, but when you're a kid. Yeah, of course that's you all do. You're thinking about. Yeah, so I mean, I think like to say as a child you like the attention is a totally different thing than oh, sure. to say that like as an adult. Yeah, you're not that it's necessarily not that it's, it's, not, it's not bad an issue. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay. but I do think it has a different context when you're <laughs> yeah. little. You know, when you're a child, like wanting attention is like it just means a different thing. Yeah, know? that's true. Yeah, I, I didn't think, think so. about it that way. Um, yeah, you kind of, and I find as a talking about people about their childhoods yeah a common thing is wanting to it's it belong right not attention it's you want to belong you want to feel like you fit in you want to make people laugh yeah you want to feel important yeah which i right. think like this attention thing is often like it's something like that i mean i think sometimes it is like you just you need attention <laughs> you know like yeah. i think some children just need it i think i felt a little bit of a different way i was also on stage a lot as a little kid um and I got really bad stage fright, um, but I just loved like, like I loved like hearing like that people were happy. Like yeah, I loved hearing yeah. laughing. I loved hearing like the applause. Mm -hmm. Like I love, I loved so much just like being part of like this kind of joyful experience. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was like if intoxicating is the right word yeah. for it I'll, and i would get yeah. totally scared and then as soon as i was like out on the stage mm -hmm. i would be like the biggest shiniest yeah. i am you know like <laughs> just like so excited to like sing and dance for people yeah that's that's still how it is right yeah backstage is like oh my god this is you know now, a big crowd nowadays most of the performing that i do because i i remember specifically like the performing i did as a child was I was in a bunch of children's choirs mm -hmm. that were like kind of children's show choirs. Yeah. And that's different because you're, you're standing in a mass of humans. Yeah. Um, and then I would, I did like Broadway, I did like community theater stuff and then like Broadway summer camps. That was mostly what I was doing. And so, you know, there was a whole production with choreography and lighting changes and costume changes. And, something about that felt really anonymous to me. Like my stage fright would go away because I'd feel like yeah, I'm yeah. not me anymore. And now when I perform, I'm like, I'm performing at weddings in like mm -hmm. a cover band. And then I'm performing maybe like in a bar, like solo piano right. vocals, which is way more intimate. I agree. <laughs> and I am like yeah. me. Yeah. I'm not like a character. I yeah. mean, one could I argue agree. that it's still... But yeah, no, that's, I, that's hard for me. Yeah, sometimes. I absolutely agree with that. Being a in a choir or playing a character on stage, totally different. You yeah. get to leave your your true self, yeah. you know, backstage. Yeah. And you're on stage as a different person. If they didn't like it, you can blame the script. The writing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I put on a jazz concert with my 
friends last year. I think it was last year. Um, and yeah, it's a totally different animal because I'm not up there as, yeah, you know, Augustus Gloop. Yeah. I'm up there as Brandon. Yeah. And I feel like it's almost apologetic. Like, yes, sorry for putting myself Apol- apologetic in front is of a you. Good, and, a good word for it. Yeah. yeah. It feels very strange. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Yeah. I always tell my students when they're dealing with performance anxiety, like uh, the advice that I give my students, which is the advice that like helps me mm-hmm. is like, remember that it's a service. Like, remember that like, it's about the art right? and like you're, you're doing something that's like making someone else happy or giving someone else a catharsis or, you know, and if you remember that, like, even if it's you, it's like, it's a service, you're right. in like the service industry, <laughs> um, then that can kind of like mitigate some of that, like, God, because sh- it's not like it, that would make I me wish think I had that, that advice it's last year. I was totally well, climbing up on now. stage. Yeah. yeah. Cause that can remind you that even if it is like, even if it is you, you're not a character, like it doesn't need to be apologetic because it's yeah. like here, let me give you this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you know. It can be hard to remember. Yeah. So in your like high school, did you get like more serious? Like what yes, started happening? In high school, I really went deep into theater. Um, cool. I auditioned for every musical and you were singing most of the too. Plays. You, yeah, you're I was singing in, and acting. Yeah, I was in um, choir every year, and I was in the musical and did um, two plays. So it was like, like straight plays. Yeah, you mean? yeah. It was. Oh wait, wait a minute. Lavender and Old Lace. Like, what are the plays that... Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, arsenic? Arsenic, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, what is it? Did I say Lavender and you it's Arsenic? You did say Lavender. Arsenic. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I wasn't I in it. I'm just I trying to think, like, either. what are the ones um, that high schools put on? <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> Antigone. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, um, I don't know any plays. I barely the, know any plays either. Crucible. I wish I did. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. The Crucible, um, Macbeth. Yeah, um, what's the one about the old man? Anyway, it doesn't matter. What about the old man? <laughs> Willy Wonka Jr., no. Um, um, so, okay, did you take any music lessons? Not yet. Kay. It was still just school choirs and stuff. Okay, cool. But you were, like, serious about it. Yeah, pretty serious. Um, When, if ever, did you kind of start having this thought of, like, maybe I'll major in this or maybe I'll... It was senior year. Okay, not until school. then. When, yeah, when I was thinking about major, but, and I had, you know, my theater teacher encouraging me and we had, um, uh, what was it? This career fair ish thing, I guess. I don't remember if it's specifically for theater or not, but I remember I talked to some colleges. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. Um, so my teacher every year does like an audition unit and mm-hmm. he invites professors from colleges to come and watch. Interesting. Um, like a little clinic. Yeah. Like yeah. a little workshop thing. Yeah. And a lot of those professors brought up to me and to my, you know, my classmates, um, if, you know, if they were interested in us, they said, Hey, you should look into our theater program. Okay, cool. But at the same time, my parents were like, you need to major in physics or become a doctor or something. So I was struggling with that. Yeah. Were you also a good student? Yes. Like you could have done those other things. I guess. Because I think, I mean, yeah, I'm like... It's, I guess, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm asking because I really, I mean, I think some people like art is the only thing they're good at. And so it's like a, it's a no brainer that yeah. that's what they're going to pursue. And it's, it's not like a good or a bad or a better mm-hmm. or a worse, but I do think that 
it's a different, it's a different it, type of yeah. a decision if like you also have like great SAT scores. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, it's it's almost like you have to defend it in a different way to the yeah. adults in your life, maybe. I, yeah, that's exactly what I had to do. Yeah. I should have done worse in school. <laughs> it was too bad. But you know, you have Asian parents and they they really make you do really well in school. Yeah. I'm trying to be diplomatic about yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying <laughs> Asian parents. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I actually really loved math. Like I was yeah. taking AP calculus and I loved it. It was so fun. And English, I was having a good time. Yeah. History I struggled with. Yeah. I don't know why. I, it's so fascinating to me now. I love watching like 30 minutes. You probably YouTube just videos. had a, a bad teacher. No, I had great teachers. Oh. <laughs> it just never clicked. I don't know why. I have a difficult time with chemistry. Like chemistry is of so all tough. of my subjects, yeah. like chemistry was the one that I was just like, I do not get this <laughs> at all. I know. Like nothing yeah. about it is making sense to me. I know. It's so chemistry is so hard. I can't believe they it's good they introduced us to it that early, but yeah, chemistry introduces some wild concepts about that atoms and molecules. And well, it's also very possible that like I had a hard relationship with chemistry because I took like an A hour, like early more, like I had oh, it yuck. as like yeah. a pre first period because really? I was taking so many choirs <laughs> that I had to do chemistry like yeah. in the crack of dawn. Mm-hmm. So it's also very possible that like I was just too tired. Yeah. That's um, not good. That, yeah. yeah, that's Who true. Knows? They got and, us up way too early for that stuff. Yeah. So, okay. You said your theater teacher was encouraging you. And mm-hmm. I think that's a big deal. Um, what kind of stuff was your theater t- teacher saying to you? Like what, like what were they seeing? Mm. That, what do you think they were seeing or what, what were they saying to you? I, hmm. you know what? I look back and I know that my theater teacher saw that I was talented, but he also saw that I, and I see it now looking you know, back, I really needed to work on my auditions. Like I'm not a good auditioner and my ego was pretty huge <laughs> okay. for high school. You know. Yeah. Why? Like what, how did it get like that? I have no idea what, what, what kind of success were you having? No success. You weren't. I just had this inflated you felt thought great. of, you know what? I know how to act. Like I'm really good at it. Tell me more. Like wh- why? What, and what did it feel like? Why did you think it? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Does and- any of that still feel true? No, n- now I'm hypercritical and I hate, yeah. I think I'm the worst actor on the, you know, in Utah. Hmm. Well, I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> How do you know? How do you know? That's what, like, <laughs> that's the voice that keeps coming all up. the people who aren't doing it at all. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that's I mean, the stuff you got to keep Comparison is a tricky game. But really though, I mean like, do you feel like that ego was totally unfounded or do you feel like maybe it was just blown out of proportion? I think it was blown out of proportion and I think it was compounded with the fact that, okay, so it was a vicious cycle, right? I was a bad auditioner and I, this is my theory, my, that my teacher wasn't casting me in lead roles because I was having bad auditions. Like he's not just going to give me these roles. This is such a common tale. Yeah. If I wasn't, I wasn't preparing for auditions at all. I was just winging it every time. Yeah. Sometimes I would prepare for it. I think it was twice that I worked hard on an, on an audition and I got good roles from it. Go figure. But yeah. other times I was just like picking a song last minute mm-hmm. and not getting roles. And I was, and then I used that failure. I didn't, you know, introspect or think back. I was like, oh, he's screwing me again. Yeah. I deserve these roles and he's yeah. not giving them to me. So, 
and that fed into my bitterness and in my ego. Well, I think like, sorry, were you done? I think so. I, I think <laughs> I've, I've seen this a lot. I've, I see this a lot as a, as an educator. Yeah. Um, I think people will use like bad auditions as kind of a, a bit of a coping mechanism to not have to actually deal with failure. Oh yeah. Like I'm not saying for sure that that's what you were doing, but I, I think it's really, really common for people to be like, well, I just don't audition well, but like if I auditioned better, like I would be good at it. And it's right. like, if you don't audition well, like that's part of it. Like you're that's just, pr- that's the you're just job. not good that's at the whole it. Job, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you just aren't good at it yeah. yet. But I think people will kind of like avoid working on that mm-hmm. thing because they're afraid it's like people kind of maybe have a, an instinct, like a, they know yeah. that like it's easier, like it's kind of easier to like not work on something right. and then blame your like failure, which like, yeah. failure is way too big of a word for like a high school student, <laughs> but blame your, blame your failure on like something else. Yeah. Or you can work really hard and maybe still not get the part. And then like, what would that feel like? Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes I think people use those kind of like entry points <clears throat> as a little bit of like a, a barrier. I agree. Like to stay kind of invulnerable. Yeah. I'm a bad auditioner is the one you hear a lot. Yeah. And well, I hear like I'm a bad sight reader. Oh. You know, like, well, I'm just yeah, not good like, at sight reading. It's like. You should get good at sight reading. Practice it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just how about you work on that? Yeah. I hear that a lot too. Or like, I'm not going to name names. Anytime a, yeah. anytime a student starts the sentence with, see, my thing is. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> not even, just from every standpoint. It's from such like, like a, a red lit- flag like, to yeah. me. Go, go ahead. From a, from a creative standpoint, from an actor standpoint, from a writer's standpoint, yeah. from a, an orator's standpoint, like everything. Starting your thought with, see, my thing is, yeah, is like my biggest pet peeve. It's, I hate it. It's a big one for I me too. It. Well, why do you, wait, why do you hate it? I don't know. It's just a lot of things. First of all, it implies that they're about to throw out some lame excuse. It's an excuse. And second, it's just like little pet peeve because I'm going to sound so pretentious, but I, you know, I'm, (laughs) I'm a, I'm a writer, you know, I have to think of creative and more succinct ways of saying things and getting ideas across. Yeah. And when people add filler phrases like that to start their thoughts off or anything, I hate it. Well, like you said, I mean, I've heard see my thing is a bunch of times and I should warn new students, like, don't say that don't sentence say that. to me. Cause like, I will have a reaction that you're not expecting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'll be like, like, never say see my thing is, but yeah, it's, it's a way to kind of like give yourself a pass yeah. for something. Like it doesn't really matter what follows it, but you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be, you know, it's going to be I some did excuse. It too. I'm take, I, I was totally taking voice lessons. Yeah. I was taking voice lessons with, uh, Carrie Hughes. Cool. Do you know? I don't. Okay. She's in Draper. She has like, I think she's keeping it small. I don't know, but I, I don't she's know. great. Carrie Hughes. Cool. Um, Go every Carrie. time, every time she would ask me, have you been doing what, you know, we agreed, have you been practicing? Yeah, have, have you, you been, been practicing? Eating right? Whatever. Yeah. I was, I get, you know what? I, I, yeah, I had my own version of see my thing is. Yeah. I would just be like, oh yeah, I, I haven't thought about it. I don't think I ate anything bad or, yeah. you know, I don't think I stayed up too late last night, but yeah. I know I did. Yeah. Otherwise my voice would have been fine that day. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so easy to just not accept responsibility. Yeah. But then the crazy thing is it is so, so much easier to accept responsibility. Yeah. And cause at least it's something you can take action on. Yeah. It, 
Yeah. But that fear is there. I know that's what it is. Like, I'm, I'm sure that's what it is. It's like people don't want to kind of, they don't want to believe that their action will actually have a result mm-hmm. because they're worried that if they take the action and doesn't have the result that they have nothing oh, yeah. left. That's true. I, I think that's what it is. It's just like, it's just like a fear of like, mm-hmm. but if I really try and then it doesn't work, like then that just means that I'm bad. Um, I, I tend to think that like, see my thing is, is always, it's motivated by fear more than some kind of an ego. It's fear like re- dressed as ego. Yeah. I think. Everything um, is, you can boil down to fear. I think. Yeah. A, l- a lot of things mm-hmm. or like, yeah, lack of curiosity also boils down to fear. You're right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. right. So, okay, wait, when were you taking voice lessons? Uh, oh, this was, let's see. Um, 2016 no 26. after high, after high school or during way high school? way after high after school. okay way after okay. graduated college yeah. okay so okay so still i had asked about your theater teacher encouraging you oh, right. and i'm wondering like why like what was he yes you said before steve yeah, schmidt what Great steve guy. schmidt what was steve like seeing I think he saw that I was really passionate about it and I had a lot of talent, right? Yeah. But I had no discipline and I okay. had a big ego. So when you say talent, like what, what was it? Like what do you oh, think yeah. you so were good at? I, um, I, the stuff that I worked on, like really paid attention to and put work into, right? Yeah. I, I saw and I, I, I think he saw that I was really good at when like I put thought into a piece. Stuff? Like, what were the skills um, so that I was you taking. Were? classes with him so we would do you know monologues or scenes or you know um anything acting like that and so i was a great actor if i put work into it yeah um in like what what does that work look like from your perspective right it's um uh reading the scene understanding the scene in context of the play you know all the basic stuff and the character work um motivations behind you know every single line of dialogue all that classic yeah. acting stuff. Yeah. When I did that. Um, when you took the time to like, kind of like my, you know, singing acting is a little different than like straight acting, like t- yeah, talking yeah, acting. Sure. But my, my voice teacher called it like researching the lyric, like mm, really yeah. like, like I like thinking of it as like research, even though it's not really. It's, it still feels like playing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like just having that create like research in the sense that you're searching, like yeah. you're searching in between the lines mm-hmm. and like, what would the motivation be for this? Or like, you know, what, what I, I talk with my students a lot when we're working on Broadway music in particular, cause it, you know, it's heavy on the acting. Yeah. Um, like what, what kinds of things do you want to say that aren't in the lyrics? Oh, yeah. Like what, like yeah. what are the, you know, what are the motivations that you want to convey that aren't specifically spelled out? Right. Which I think is a lot of what that, like... The subtext. Yeah, yeah. right. You know. Oh. Um, yeah, like what that kind of research <laughs> this is. for is. the viewers or yeah. the listeners. <laughs> the listeners, yeah. <laughs> or just, you know, yeah, for for the conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So you, you had a good intuition for that stuff when you took the time to, yeah. like, to, to really think about it and flesh it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, can you tell me like what that kind of like, so, you know, I think we probably both know that a lot of times when teenagers are in their like high school drama program, they get bonus points for being like dramatic (laughs) and not necessarily having like 
kind of that that light bulb of like acting isn't about like being dramatic right. it's just about like being it's not about being believable the crazy outcasts you know what i mean and, like yeah. kids will kids will get um kids will get praised for like in in some programs i think will get praised for just like being willing to be like a little extreme right right which yeah. is like which is it's maybe you need to be willing yeah, you need but it's to not the pro- point yeah you need to be able to project your energy yeah. across an auditorium, but that doesn't mean it doesn't mean, ham it up every time, right? So it sounds to me like your theater teacher was recognizing that you weren't just doing that; you were doing like something yeah, kind of more I real. Think so I hope so. Yeah, uh, it sounds to me like, and that's probably also why you felt like you were really talented. Yeah, because you maybe got the sense that you were tapping into something, yeah, a little bit more professional, um, versus like. You know, I talk with my students all the time about this phrase, like for, for a 16 year old or like for a kid, like you're so good at this, like for a kid, you're so good at this. And it's, it's such a, it's such a tricky, weird underhanded. It is not a compliment. Yeah. It's not like, and I always tell my students like, but they'll be like, but everybody says I'm great. And I'm like, you're eight years old. Like (laughs) you need, like, if you want to keep doing this forever, like you owe it to yourself to like, not, not like just don't cling on to that yeah it's it is not Don't actual yeah. praise it's like i agree it's praise for you acting like a couple years older than you are <laughs> which is not yeah. really anything <laughs> like, yeah um but what i want to ask is do you remember like what you liked about or how how it felt to like do that kind of like deeper level acting um let's see i'm trying to remember what the first big play was or just like what it what it felt like, what what did it what did it feel like to like be intuitive about that? Or yeah, I'm wondering more about your identity than like a specific character. Okay. Like yeah, I I guess I got a sense that I had that intuition to I like dissect yeah a um, a text or dialogue right sure. instead of just how can I perform this in front of people to make me seem like. I'm doing really well or like yeah. I'm a good actor. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know where I found it, but I knew that I had to, you know, think from within the character. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I always say like, again, I'm talking so much about my students, but I always say like acting is an exercise in empathy. Yes. Like yeah. stepping into, um, stepping into like another person's mm-hmm. type of a feeling and think like, what would this person actually feel? Or like, what would I feel? Yeah. Um, which is just not, it's not easy for no, a lot of so people. Abstract. It's yeah. really abstract. Um, yeah. So that felt like, I felt like I knew what it was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You could kind As of recognize it. 15 year old kid. And it doesn't mean you were always doing it cause it does take work, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew how to do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, is there anything else you want to say about like, you know, up until your senior year, were you still writing? Were you drawing? Were you um, consuming new types of media? I wasn't. Oh, was anything see. going on in your creative I, development? I, I was writing in junior high. I was still writing stories of okay. my own. Cool. In high school, I stopped writing. Switch your focus. Yeah. yeah. I, I, cause I was in choirs and doing theater and stuff. Yeah, so I was mainly busy. focusing on that stuff. Sure. So I wasn't writing anything for myself. At least as far as I can remember. No, I don't think I was. Well, 
also, if you're taking AP classes, you're writing yeah, a lot. That's true. I yeah. Was, and that, you know, yeah. I, I still have like, I don't know, this is, this is probably some kind of a, some kind of a narcissistic inclination, but I still have a lot of the essays that I wrote mm-hmm. in my AP classes. Yeah. And like, you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like for me, it's like, if you work on something, if you work really hard on something and you're proud of it, it deserves to like yeah. exist. Yeah. <laughs> but I have, I have like a binder somewhere with like a bunch of my old essays and poems and mm-hmm. drawings and whatever. And like every once in a while I'll flip there through it. Normally it's because I'm with a young student who's feeling insecure and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, look what I used to do, you know? And sometimes they'll kind of be like, Oh, this sucks compared to what you're doing now, you know, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. But like, sometimes I'll look at, I'll be looking at that stuff and I'll be thinking like, this is good writing. Like this is good <laughs> writing practice, you know, yeah. like whether or not, like I can be totally embarrassed by like the total level of immaturity. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I can be like, this is good. Like good. alliteration and this is good. Yeah. Like parallel structure and like, yeah, it's good rhetoric. So anyway, I'm just <laughs> saying like when you're in, a, if you're in AP classes, you're writing so oh, much. It's so, so much. much writing. So, oh, <laughs> so yeah. I'm not surprised to hear that you weren't like, just yeah you're like enough writing (laughs) (laughs) i've done enough um okay and then and then yeah what about like um were you feeling exploratory in terms of media consumption um trying to remember what i watched yeah you know i was still doing that thing where i would watch movies all the time with my brother like repeat the same movie yeah yeah i remember this I don't remember what year it was, but there was a moment in high school where my brother and I would get home from school and we would just put in Inception. Yeah, and it's we such just, a good movie. Yeah, and we'd watch it every single day after school. Yeah, the whole movie. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't know how or why <laughs> we did it, but we like every single. So I have a lot of movies that are just yeah in my subconscious, like memorized. Yeah, Star Wars Episode One. Yeah, <laughs> Batman Robin Inception. Rush Hour, cool. Rush Hour Two, actually. Yeah. So those movies we watched all the time. That, was it like, was it about like the story and like the mechanics yeah, of it, or like was that. it more like a feeling? Because why else would you just watch something you've seen a hundred times? Yeah, only if you're studying it. Time? I mean, yeah, I think we were both, or at least I was. Just I loved watching the story unravel yeah. every time. I love watching the characters. Well, this is something that know. maybe like I only kind of recently have started really thinking about this podcast is, I really like it for me because when I hear other people talk about their mediums, then I have this like great privilege of like knowing some things about that medium, Mm -hmm. you know, that make me like think about it in a different way. But you know, when I think about the way that I consumed, so I have, my degrees are in jazz jazz studies yeah. so i have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in jazz performance that's awesome i listened to your album oh thanks congratulations thank on you. it's so cool thank you as, yeah, my as most... you are in um mother thank are you. my favorites i think thank you yeah the, this my newest album is more pop um it's it's it feels extremely pop to me but <laughs> like coming from like a totally purist like jazz right. <laughs> background like a bebop degree yeah. it feels like extremely pop but to people who like listen to actual pop it feels like really jazz so anyway that's crazy I, yeah cuz i was listening oh, this is really challenging <laughs> like my first a- album is like like if you feel like it uh-huh. check out the first album it's all in like odd meters 
like I'll listen. I love Odd Meter. Uh, cool. Love, well, maybe it'll be like right up yeah. your alley. But my this this new album feels like significantly less like academically complex uh-huh. <laughs> than my first album, yeah. but it still is like anyway, whatever. That's my personal like <laughs> musical identity crisis. Um, but you know, when I think about the way that I consumed music as a kid, it's like how you're talking about movies. Like I would li- like. I listened to, I had a very like low exposure to cool music. Mm-hmm. I didn't have access. I didn't have anyone in my family being like, you know what you should check out? Like, oh, yeah. um, so my, my musical like education has been late, but like, I remember I bought Maroon 5's album songs about Jane. Oh my God. It's a really good album. Yeah, and I have album. listened to that album easily a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And I know like every tiny little bit of it, you know, like, (laughs) but I think it's like study, like the way that I'm listening to that is not like, like the analogy maybe being the way that I'm listening to music. Um, what I want to say is that as I'm thinking about film, Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've had conversations with a couple of people who've talked about like cinematography in a way that like. I'm just starting to occasionally notice things oh, yeah. when I watch TV shows, like I'll notice something about the shot right. um, or like the, the continuity of the shot or like, you know, that I just didn't even ever notice before. Like I might notice dialogue in mm-hmm. a film or I might notice good acting, but like it was not even in my mind <laughs> to notice like the actual cinematography. Right, yeah. And so I think it must be like that, like I'm sure I was hearing things in music that like plenty of listeners just mm-hmm. are fully missing. So this is my point. If you're watching a movie a million times, you're definitely yeah. like getting you. You're definitely like in you're, there in layers. Yeah, you're catching little choices that the directors made, yeah. or um, yeah, parallels between images and yeah. stuff like that. That was extremely long-winded of me, and I'm sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> I because I also I love music so much, but you know I never studied it really. Yeah. I kind of last year I started teaching myself music theory. So I know basic, basic, basic stuff. Yeah. But I love listening to or watching videos on YouTube and stuff about music theory and they're dissecting, you know, popular music or yeah. soundtracks you go or whatever. Like, I had no idea that was even yeah, in like, there. Oh, that's so like, cool. I didn't, I he's would talking never have about, known. yeah, he's talking, they're talking about like suspended flat sevens and all this chord progression stuff. And like, I don't, I have no idea what the yeah. terms are really, but I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It I guess I can kind of hear that. Yeah. 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 Um, my favorite thing lately is when I'm, when I'm, when I'm like going to binge like a really high quality TV show, mm-hmm. I'll try to find like a podcast that oh, like yeah. talks about every episode <laughs> so I can hear <laughs> yeah. like film people be like, I noticed this. And then yeah. like, it just, I don't know. I like knowing like how it's made yeah. or like what the intention was behind the different yeah. things. Um, Okay, so yeah, let's go back to this moment where you're kind of gonna like an- announce to your parents that you want to major in theater. Oh, man, I I didn't major in theater. Okay, it was unfortunate. But I, you were think you were thinking about I it. I wanted to. Yeah, I was thinking about it, and so I really wanted to. Let me rephrase the question then. Let's talk about this time when you're like trying to decide yeah. what to major in and trying to decide where you're going to put your yeah. energy. I so I didn't. So I was torn between, you know, pursuing the arts or doing something in the science, like STEM. And I couldn't decide. So I was like, you know what, let's go to the U and, you know, just do undergrad stuff until, while I figure it out. And I declared physics 
as my major. I took a few physics and math and science classes and I was very unfulfilled and depressed. And Mm -hmm. also, um, I don't know if it was because I was depressed that I was struggling with it, Mm. but yeah, I couldn't do math. It was hard. Yeah. I sucked at it. You had been great at math. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was still fun, but I was just, it was not clicking. I didn't have the energy for it. Yeah. And it wasn't until I joined the chamber choir at the U that I started feeling like I could, uh, I guess, breathe again. Like, you know, it was a, it was like pulling teeth getting to school every day Mm. until I joined that chamber choir. Mm. Now, now I have something to look forward to while I go to school. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, that's exact same thing happened that happened in junior high school thing. yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot that art is the thing that, that makes me happy. Like that's, you know who I am mm-hmm. and I was going through two semesters worth of just no creativity and it was killing me yeah until I auditioned and I'm like oh that's right I need to keep um creating I need yeah. to keep singing and acting and stuff do you want to talk now about this ethics thing of um like I just I just would like to hear your thoughts on the push and pull between like listen, art's going to be a hard profession. Let's not do that. Mm -hmm. And this other thing that like, you know, that I know, which is if you're doing something else, you're miserable, Mm -hmm. which is also kind of an ethics. Like, what are your thoughts about it? Um, I think that our society has not prioritized the arts. And that's why it feels like it's not work when we go into work doing it. Mm. It puts value on other things and that's the only thing separating um the arts from like stem related fields yeah because it's still work and by the way there's also an illusion that in order to be in order to make a living in the arts you have to be top of the food chain right you have to be super famous yeah hollywood booking tours making movies all that stuff but there's so many actors that make their living doing background work or that make their living doing commercial work or behind the scenes like um, you know, um, they're not famous, but they're yeah. still making a living. Totally. There's so, there's so, a huge, so, so many people. Yeah, there's a huge gray area between not working and famous yeah. where you're just where most people where, are, where everyone yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like a handful of people are at the top and are yeah. Yeah, Brad Pitt, you know? Yeah. Whatever. Well, do you have a thought about maybe this, I think this might be like well, I don't know. I don't need to preface it. I'll just ask. Um, do you do you feel like there's a there's a bit of a paradox in this like starving artist kind of a thing? Like, do you, do you feel like people almost like need you to either be a starving artist or a famous artist in order to believe that you're an artist? Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think I, maybe some of the problem is that like this middle, like this gray area that you're talking about, is just like invisible. We like yeah. don't acknowledge it at all. No one talks about, um, especially, I think in the Utah theater community. Mm. Have you ever lived anywhere else? Uh, no. Okay. I've been here. Okay. I'm hungry for. This was gonna be the year that yeah. I went out to L.A. Yeah. I was um, talking to Olivia Custodio about oh, that yeah. too. You you know her, right? I, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard for me. Like I, I can see people like liking, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then it's like, do you know this person actually? Yeah. Or like, um, cause uh, like she might assume I know you, but we just oh, met today. Yes. 
that's true. Um, Sorry, I totally was, interrupted no, I you. So remember. we were talking about like, I don't know. Oh yeah, the starving artist. Yeah. Myth, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that is interesting, and everyone has their own paths and things they feel like they need to prioritize. Um, but. It's a bad question. I, can, you can move on from it. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, the, the, the thing that I really like, I'm, I'm asking you a totally unfair question because, uh, because it's just something, it's just totally my bias and like sort of a theory. Like I think, I think that people sometimes like they need to know that you're suffering for it yeah. in order to think that you like deserve to be part of it. That's, um, I have, yeah, I haven't run into anyone like that. I don't think, but there are people like that kind of that still in buy something. into that idea, right? Yeah. Um, I I think like I think I wonder if it's related to the fact that this whole middle group is invisible. Yeah. Like there's a romanticism in the starving artist. No. And okay, there's a yeah. romanticism so, in the for sure fame. people that are kind of doing okay, right? Doing commercials or whatever. Every once in a while, they feel like they haven't made it. Yeah. Because even if they're your not whole living is yeah, even if art all they do and and they love to do it is uh, yeah auditioning and doing commercials you're working or in doing gigs. VRs. you're working yeah, in you're do, yeah. you're doing it and you know yeah. maybe you do have to uh work on the side as a real estate you know agent or um or whatever whatever, whatever yeah. job you have to do you're you're still you're still working as an artist yeah and um frankly there's a lot of artists who do have those, you know, second quote unquote real jobs. Right. Mm. And I, I shouldn't have said that. I hate that. No. Well, yeah. I mean, I hate that term. we, we've, it's a term that we understand because it's, it's what the bulk of the society like yeah. acknowledges. But I think that's my point. Like, even if you're working in the arts, lots of times people will be like, but you're not a real, but you're not a real artist. Like right. I haven't heard yeah. of you. Or you like, know? Oh, or good like, job. You made it into hail. Yeah. Like kind of a yeah for the listener, Hale is a community oh, theater. That's sorry, it's yeah. a really high level community theater. Yeah, yeah. You have an opinion about that? I have oh. a few opinions. You can say whatever you want. I are don't you know. Sure. Who's listening? <laughs> is, You're allowed to say whatever you want. <laughs> it's your interview. Um, um, but you know, you don't have to. Like just whatever. Yeah, I think. <laughs> it's I. I think maybe the thing you're wanting to say. Tell me if I'm wrong. I can try to help um, yeah. is that like, it's maybe not the benchmark that people make it to be here. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, I guess even outside of the acting community, when I tell them I've done shows at hell, they're like, Oh, you made it. Mm. Even though I, you know, I always thought, Oh, this is just another, it feels different to you. Yeah. It feels yeah. different. It's kind of a small stepping stone. It still feels pretty local and community. Yeah. But to a lot of people outside, like, oh, I love the hail shows. You're like a star now. Yeah. That's incredible. Interesting. So, um, yeah. You feel I, like a, just a bit of a conflict of goals yeah. there or something. Yeah, yeah. Or even I it's, don't mean in, within yourself, but like just... Um, there's right. a misinterpretation yeah. in like the measure of success. Yes. Generally for Especially arts. Especially for, as artists, yeah. right? Because yeah. every step you take is like, I'm still not there. And I guess it's good to have that hunger. Yeah. But sometimes it's healthy to, to step back and be like, I, I've done a lot of great things and I'm made a lot of great connections yeah. and I'm able to find work. What advice would you give to someone who's young and is trying to decide if they want to like pursue the arts? Cause like I still, as a teacher find myself being like, 
it's going to be hard. Yeah. But I will encourage people to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I feel very complicated about it. You tell, I think the good thing to tell them is they'll know how bad they want it. Yeah. That's a good point. Once they get into it. Yeah. If they get into it like, and the first setback or the first obstacle, they're like, you know what? It's not worth the trouble at all. Yeah. Then they'll know. They'll know. So what Um, happened to you? You joined the chamber choir and then what? Oh yeah. So I joined the chamber choir and that was really great. We created some incredible music there. Um, A lot of talented artists. Yeah. Barlow Bradford. Um, Did you change your major? Or did you? I did. did, Yeah. Yeah. So I went from physics to civil engineering to architecture to business to music education and then finally film. Okay. Okay. I went on a film half of because it was like adjacent to theater. Yeah. And also I loved film anyway. Yeah. And I loved acting. Yeah. And also because I was running out of years on my scholarship. Yeah. (laughs) I had to hurry and pick a major and finish it. Um, so is there anything else you want to say about like the time you were in college in terms of like your, you know, your art identity or your creative development? Once I, so yeah, I was jumping around majors all while being in the chamber choir to stay sane. Um, sorry, I heard my voice leave the mic. There. That's why the headphones are yeah. good. Cause you can know, you're yeah. like, Oh, I need to go back. Um, so I was, yeah. Chamber choir was the only thing keeping me sane, keeping me creative. And then when I got into film, the film degree, I, I took mainly screenwriting classes Okay. and I loved that. And you so had, yeah, you're connect, reconnecting yeah, with the writing. I was like, I can't, yeah, it's insane how many times I forgot what I love to do and what I'm good at doing, right? Uh, It's so weird. I kind of love that though. Like, it feels, sorry, go ahead. I keep, I'm um, the worst. I'm such a bad interrupter. I'm bad at it too. (laughs) I used to like be really good at listening and lately I'm just, I love hearing, not, not I love hearing myself talk, but I have so much to say that I've bottled up for 26 years. Yeah. I just end up talking over people on accident. Well, I want you to be talking. Okay. I want to hear those things you Great. have to say. Um, oh, shh. About, what was I um, it, This is my fault. Uh, <laughs> we were, some, sometimes I interview people who are really, really shy and I oh. need to like, you know what? Jump in a lot. All the podcasts I've ever listened to, I hate shy guests. <laughs> really? I don't blame them. You yeah. know, we are who we are. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. But it's like you're on a podcast. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to listen I'm to in, silence. I'm inviting people. But yeah, I mean, but I try pretty hard to be like, tell me more. Yeah. Well, anyway, so then when I'm interviewing performers, sometimes I need to be like, okay, Emily, you can chill out. Um, yeah. Well, I yeah. asked, I asked um, if there's anything else you wanted to say about your like creative and artistic development during that time. Oh, yeah. So yeah, once I got into, once the pieces fell into place again, and I found my creative, you know, identity again. Um, it was smooth sailing from there. I, I was doing stuff I liked to do. I was being creative and yeah, I guess, I guess that's, uh, some advice I would give to younger creative people. Um, be really in tune to, um, how unhappy you get when yes. you're not being creative. Pay that, attention to that. That's that other ethics thing. I was yeah. like, I feel like, I feel like it's, Like, sure, we need to tell young people, like, you're going to have to work hard. Yeah. But it's also, like, so unethical, (laughs) I think, to tell a young person, like... 
Oh, you don't, don't get to do, do that. the thing yeah. that makes you happy. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's crazy. Unethical is a great word for it. Yeah. I didn't think about that before. I think about it so much, but I mean, I, I think about it from both perspectives. Like, you know, I've taught at a couple of different universities as like adjunct faculty and, and I also have experience, you know, as, as you know, I have a master's degree, you know, I've spent a lot of time in academia is my yeah. point. And, um, sometimes I feel like it's unethical to give a degree to certain people yes. and give them this thought of like, you have a degree and that means something. Cause for the arts, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> for the arts, it just doesn't Yeah, like your degree largely means truly nothing, you know? And so I wonder about the ethics of like telling someone like, great, you've passed, you graduated, you're an artist now. Mm -hmm. But I also worry about the ethics of telling people you can do this on the side. You can do this as a hobby because yeah. you just don't know what someone needs. You know, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel fraught Co about college it. College was the great scam of our time. The illusion mm -hmm. that you have to go to college after high yeah. school to do what you want. There's so many paths to it. There's some, you know, sometimes college is the op is the the path you have to take if you want to be like a doctor and yeah. like a medical doctor or engineer or something like. You yeah. have to go and study and get certified, right? But there are other paths to take if you want to become, you know, a, um, skilled in some trade or yeah. something like that, or if you want to become well, an artist. College might even be the right thing for you mm -hmm. if you're go if you, it's if you about learning. Really, yes, if yeah. you want to go and learn about yeah. music or or you could theater. also learn that in another way. Yeah, yeah. and there's plenty of avenues. And to it, you but. might learn a lot, and it's still you don't know it, you know, <laughs> or yeah, you don't yeah. want it enough, or yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think about that stuff a lot. Um, Okay, so how many years have you been done with school? Uh, five years now. Okay, yeah. great. Um, what are you? What have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for for the first year or two after college, I was floundering and anxious about you know what I was going to do. Yeah. There was a lot of what have I done? Yeah, I majored in film. Yeah. <laughs> um, what will my parents think? You know, no, they were, they were still supportive. They were really supportive. by the end. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, but yeah, luckily I made a lot of connections. I accidentally networked really well in college. So I was invited, um, to work as like a contracted screen, screenwriter cool. for a production company downtown called Vivani. Cool. Um, uh, yeah. So for the next three or four ish years after that, I was just writing for them and it was helping me further network. Yeah. Um, and kind of get more practice in professional screenwriting Sure. and you know, the industry and, um, yeah, through that I met Yolanda. Yeah. Yolanda yeah, yeah. Stang. Stang. And, yeah. um, I always almost forget how to say her last name. I know. I just call her Yolanda. You want to say Strang. I do. I want to say Strang. I kept thinking it was like, like Stang or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Yolanda. Stang. She was on your podcast, right? Yeah, way earlier. Yeah, episode yeah. six. Wow, what episode is this? Sixty-five. No, sixty-five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I met her, and she. I mentioned her. I was interested in acting, and she said, "Oh, let me put you in contact with Vicky Panek at right. PMG." Okay. Yeah. And so that's how I got the audition there, and I got the representation. That she's an agent. Yes. Okay. I can hear my voice just so 
I'm going to drink some water. Sorry, everyone. Um, I, I am kind of notoriously interested in spit sounds. <laughs> I, I just like, I don't know. I don't mind it. I think the sounds are just like, they're interesting. Like <laughs> I hate as so like much. a sonic, like, I, yeah. I, I don't mind it. I do not have misophonia. Is that what it's called? <laughs> when you're like totally like creeped out about like chewing sounds. Oh, I yeah. I th- guess I have. Or it. just like I think misophonia is also. I think it's specifically like chewing sounds, but it can also be like other little sounds. I think I'm not sure, but whatever it is, and he's, I don't have it. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm sure some of your viewers, <laughs> listeners, sorry, I keep saying do. viewers. Some of your listeners have it. I have it. I was listening to myself like this is unacceptable. I need to stop my sentence right now and drink water. Um. Okay, I really want to talk with you about just like what you think about art, what you think about creativity, all those 26 years of things that you like want to say. Um, what are you interested in? Like what, what, do you, what do you like about these types of conversations? Huh. Um, what, what like stuff do you like soapboxing about, about art? Excuse me. And creativity. I just and, a little bit. Um, it's okay. <laughs> Congratulations, you're a human being. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, you're a mammal. Just general thoughts about art? I mean, I think I, like, we. I'm not just asking you to, like, speak, but help me know, like, what kind of stuff you like to talk about. Okay. Do you want to talk about, like, education? Do you want to talk about, like, the importance of creativity? Do you want to talk about, like, I guess what I, do you like? You know what I always think about, and I, what the conversations I always get into people who are a bit unsure about the industry or getting into it or, you know, unsure of their talent is, uh, like I said earlier, don't wait for permission yeah. To be creative, to create incredible things. Um, let's um, talk more about that. Sure. So I've, I've been thinking about this recently a lot as well, not asking permission. Yeah. Um, I think something that someone might come back and say is like, well, I, I do need permission to have access to certain things. Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe you and I both understand that like there's plenty of creativity you can do before that point. Yes. Yeah. So like, what do you think about that? That's, yeah, that's what I'm, I guess that's what I'm talking about. Because uh, like, yes, you need permission to do some things. Yeah. Like you need permission to be on a stage probably because yeah. someone owns that stage. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of financial roadblocks too. You can't just right. produce your own you show right off the right. bat. So when you say like you don't need permission, like I think I know what you mean, but like, let's just talk about like, what do we mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess we could start from my position or yeah, go peers ahead. of mine that are kind of in the same place, right? Sure. I had a lot of actor friends who are were so frustrated at never getting cast, audition after audition, uh, for example, at The Hale. Yeah. And I would say to them, um, you know what, you, or, or you know, aren't getting cast in commercials or whatever. Um, we all have phones we all have access to the internet yeah or most of us do um there's nothing stopping us from recording ourselves doing our own thing or writing our own plays writing yeah first of all yeah writing takes nothing you can do it write your own play write what you want to see on stage if they're talk, people are talking about oh hail or these theaters they never put on shows that are important or difficult or that i want to see yeah or shows these days are too easy or they're not really saying anything or they're not telling my perspective yeah at some point 
you have to start writing your own stuff yeah. and creating your own things and starting to create that change that you want to see yeah. in, you know, the conversation in the arts. Yeah. I think so too. Like these, these permission things, or even like, you know, just it, as a kind of a, as I'm just brainstorming, you know, I think sometimes permission for a vocalist is like, just mean it, you know, yeah. like I feel like sometimes people think they need permission to like really emote. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but like, just do it. Let's go up there. Yeah. Or, or just go at home, it. in at home, yeah. like in your car, you know, like just mean it. Or like you need permission to like, you know, develop a certain style. Like do you, mm-hmm. do you need permission to um, dress differently? Uh, like it right. can be such small, small things. Like yeah. especially if you feel like your creativity has been really, really stifled. I mean, it doesn't even have to be like writing a play because mm-hmm. I feel like that could feel like huge. That's yeah. <laughs> it could be like start being a little bit more artful in your tweets, mm-hmm. you know, or just write down fun ideas you have for stories. Like totally. literally do a that's, char- that do is a character the sketch. Step. Yeah. Do it. Write about, write a character sketch, write yeah. a character, come up with an impression. Yeah. Come up with, you know, you have a fun idea for a story. Just yeah. write down that idea. You don't have to write down the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. Little bits and pieces of things. Yeah. I think it's also creative. Um, it's a, it's a creative endeavor to reach out to people and introduce mm-hmm. yourself and yeah. try to think creatively about like, you know, being excited about your peers, being excited about your community. Yes. What are people doing? How can, what can we make together? Yeah, How that's can I be involved in what you're yeah. doing? That's all stuff that you don't need permission for. Yes. That is part of like, it's part of the, um, like the bedrock of your creative profession yes i agree yeah um there's a hundred people complaining not complaining but like suffering from not being seen not being cast um uh so just turn to each other and start creating your own things with each other yeah you don't have to wait well yeah totally i i do think like there are plenty of things for us to complain about. Yeah. <laughs> like there are plenty of, like you said, like gatekeepers, like yeah. kind of pl- plenty yeah. of systemic that, things. That's definitely, yeah, that's a part of it too. Yeah. Um, I was getting really frustrated with, um, representation, representation for people of color. Yeah. Um, on stage. And at one point I got so tired of hearing myself, um, complain about, you know what, these guys aren't willing to cast people of color or black people in these roles that traditionally, I guess, you know, are played by white people. I got exhausted of that. And I thought, you know what? We don't have to wait for permission to be seen. Yeah. We need to, of course, this is just one avenue to representation, but like um, one thing we can do is we can create for ourselves. We don't have to wait for permission from these gatekeepers. Yeah. They're not, they're not willing to change. They're not ready to change anytime soon. Yeah. Let's create for ourselves. Yeah. Make them come to us. Yeah. You know, when they're, whenever they're ready. Yeah. 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 Um, It's not fair. I mean, it's really frustrating. Um, like, I don't know. I mean, I experience a tiny bit as a woman, but I know it's like nothing. It's, it's even as an Asian person, I still have a, you know, a lot of privileges that people have, darker skin and black people yeah that yeah 
So, but yeah, but what I was going to say is like, it, it, it is a frustrating thing to know that the amount of effort that you put in does not have the same amount of return yeah. as someone who's more privileged than you mm-hmm. in like whatever way. Um, and, and that is frustrating and exhausting and it's, it's, um, it's unfortunate maybe. I mean, I guess it depends on how you're thinking about it that like the solution a lot of the times or like one of the solutions is to make your own thing. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's cool in the sense that you're going to make cool stuff, Yeah, but it's unfortunate in the sense that it's hard. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of extra work. That's exactly my feeling too. It's unfortunate that this kind of is the only option a lot of black people and people of color have is to just go and create their own thing. If, if only we had equal representation in all facets, 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 facets. Yeah. Yeah. Facets of, Tacit means like all oh, together. Oh, that's right. Tacit is or, not the word I was yeah, looking t- for. Yeah, ta- Fa- facets. Tacit is Latin. It's a choir thing. <laughs> oh, I that's don't... right. It means like pianissimo or something. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's <clears throat> not a dynamic. It, it's either. It's either like. It. It's, I'm so embarrassed right now. <laughs> it's either. It's either like all together or like. Ju- or like a no accompaniment. It, means, yeah, it has, it has to do with something like to do with the, the absence of, of sound. I think. Yeah. You're right, but I, I really should that, know. Yeah. I'm on the state board of the American oh Choral Directors Association. Don't but show them this episode. I am a solo performer. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm it is unfortunate. Jazz person. It's unfortunate that that's an avenue a lot of um, less privileged people have to take, less seen people, yeah. right? That yeah. they have to go and create their own things, but. At the same time, it's still pretty powerful, I think. Totally. And totally, totally. Uh, ah, I'm forgetting the word again. <laughs> I don't, we take our fate into our own hands. Yeah, like empowered, yeah, maybe, some, or like something like that. Something like that, um, instead of waiting for permission. Well, it's actionable. Yeah. That's that's one of the things that I, that I, I mean, I'm, I sometimes, I've, since I've moved to Utah, I've been here eight years. Mm-hmm. I have gone through periods of cynicism where I just feel like totally exhausted. But I would I would always rather um, try to focus on what I can take action on. And that's just my personality yeah. as much as it's anything else. But like there's it 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 is takes so much from me to be frustrated about stuff that I just can't can't change. Yeah. Like to be frustrated about things that I'm never gonna change. A circle of influence. Sure. Like that's, I think that's what it's called. Uh, yeah. Yes. 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 I was thinking circle of influence, like other people, but yeah, like just what I can take action on, like what I can do. Uh, at least that feels like movement, like Mm -hmm. at least it, and it's, yeah, it's, it's not an, it's not enough, but it's, yeah, it's, it's something. Yeah, I agree. Um, and yeah, as we're talking about permission, like there's probably always something you can do. It's probably like there's something you can like do to like in- increase your creative output, um, deepen it. Yeah. Um, let's talk now about your like relationship to the stuff you make. Okay. Um, what are you making lately? Um, nothing right now. What have you been making in the last couple of <laughs> no, years? No, I'm I'm currently working <laughs> with a friend on a musical. Cool. That we kind of are ideating and playing around with. Um. I think that's kind of it right now. I've taken a 
a big break. I'm just too writing emotionally but, exhausted. Well, to, totally. Yeah. Well, that's like the caveat to this whole permission thing. Like if you're always feeling like you have to take action, sometimes you are exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and then sometimes, you know, you need help from a community. Um, so you've mostly been writing. Is that right? Yes. Or yeah. writing stuff that you're going to act in. Is that, uh, I honestly hate writing for myself. Yeah. It feels so arrogant to me, <laughs> to me. Yeah. That's because I, I know it's totally normal. And of course it's smart to write for yourself and yeah. create things. But my only thing is I hate to see myself on camera, especially yeah. if I put myself on camera. Yeah. So I just, I love writing for other people. Yeah. You, you still feel that apologetically. Yeah. 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 yeah it's Maybe weird. Talk yourself out of it. Therapy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, okay. So I, so when, okay. The podcast is called artifice, um, because I believe that there are things that are misunderstood about how we are as artists. Yeah. So I think of it in a couple of ways. Um, first of all, the relationship between the art and the artist. So I think, you know, not that these things are binary, just as some examples, you could have the type of relationship with your art where like you put your experience into it. Like mm -hmm. you, you process what you're going through, like in the art or you put your experience in the art, like the art contains part of you. Yeah. You could have the experience where the art by itself is like a part of you that doesn't actually like exist in the rest of your life. Yeah. Like I've talked with artists who've said things like people who've seen my work know me better than people who haven't mm. because there's something in my work that they're not going to see. Like it's almost like the, the, the art is like a particular leg of their yeah, personality yeah. that doesn't, it doesn't come out in any other way. Right. Alternately, you could have the kind of relationship with your art where your art is something and then after it's made, it changes you. So those are just some things. Yeah. With those types of abstract thinking in mind, what do you think is the relationship between yourself and your I art? Yeah, I think I, I take my experiences and I boil them down into universal um, emotions or... Um, like an experience, yeah, like an yeah, affect. Experiences. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I, let's say, uh, you know, my grandpa passed away, right? And I've been wanting to tell a story about that, but not specifically make it about my grandpa passing away. Yeah. So I just, what is this about? It's about grief or not being able to grieve properly, or it's about uh, regret that you didn't say or do enough things with them. So I, I boil it down to those really universal themes. And I try to create a story out of that. Um, and is that fairly consistent in terms of like how I you think write? So looking back yeah. at everything I've written, like at least professionally in the last half a decade or whatever, I, that's usually how I write. Okay. It might be because I'm too afraid to get too personal and specific. Well, or um, like, or I mean, I think al just, alternately, yeah. like you, like I was trying to, I mean, I maybe didn't articulate it well, but I think sometimes artists will create like an assignment, like a challenge for themselves yeah. that they feel like, I don't know anything about that. I'm totally not like up to it. Yeah. And they like, they make it. And then once they've done it, then it's like something that they own, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, like I think filmmakers do that. Like they just are like, yeah. what if I made something like this? Yeah. And it has kind of nothing to do with their own. Yeah. You know? I, and I've been ideating with some of those um, things too. Um, I don't want to tell stories that don't belong to me, right? But sure. I do like to explore, um, I guess, different emotions or concepts yeah. that I, 
I'm, I don't, I'm not too personally familiar with, yeah. but, but well, I'd love to also explore. like just, you know, storytelling aside, like stretching the boundaries of your medium, I think can be like a really satisfying endeavor for a lot of artists. Like mm-hmm. what has this medium not been like, what could this medium be? Um, and then like maybe the storytelling is still like pretty personal, but like you're doing something with the medium that's different. I mean, I'm just like just brainstorming. Um, uh, I lost, I lost. My it, it's okay. I'm just talking. <laughs> um, I'm not asking a question. Uh, okay. And then, um, and then let's talk about what, so I think like, again, the relationship between the art and the artist in both directions is something I'm curious about. Like what, what does it mean? Maybe I'll ask one other question about that leg. Um, like how do you deal, how do you balance like kind of professional, like craft, like skill mm-hmm. with like emotion, you know, like this, Yeah. how do you balance those things or um, how do you balance like vulnerability with like, right. Um, you, oh. or like, what's the relationship between them? Like what? What do you need in order to be yeah, able to do it? Yeah, I guess you do have to put up that that boundary in yourself. Like, you kind of use your emotional well to create your professional work, but you have to be able to, um, I guess, s- separate the two for your own mental health. I don't know what I'm talking about. Hold on. Let me <laughs> try and form yeah, the sentence in head before I say anything. <laughs> So yeah, just kind of like the the balance in cre- in in the art you create between yeah, okay. so you, the stuff yeah. that's like practical and functional and the stuff that's like right. So you, um, so the stuff you create is born from really personal emotional things. Yeah, the stuff you create. Yeah, right? like, yeah. the stuff I create. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to make it like yeah. I want to clarify like yeah. you're talking about your your work. It's yeah, it's born from really personal or emotional thoughts, but I when I put it on paper, I it's strange. I I am I emotion like I untether myself from it emotionally. Yeah. Like um that's that work now. It's done. Whatever happens to it, um however people perceive it, that's not up to me anymore. Mm. Don't take it personally. Yeah. If it fails or um if it succeeds even. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I, it, it's, I have a strange relationship with the work that I finish. Mm. I, I don't hold on to it. Hmm. It, that's just, it's like not yours. It's anymore, a snap. Yeah. It's not mine anymore. It's a snapshot of, of, uh, who I was yeah. a week ago, whatever. I love that. Like, again, if you had, like, if you had listened to any of my back catalog in this podcast, uh-huh. you'd know this is something I talk about all the time. But yeah, this thought of like authenticity, the second you make something authentic, it's not authentic anymore. Yeah, (laughs) because you kind of have to craft it into being consumable or coherent, right? Or like you just get older. Yeah, or you change. You You completely change. I mean, I think the fact of making a thing changes it. Like, like, you know, when I wrote my album, like a lot of it is dealing with like the death of my mother and Hmm. the fact that she was really abusive. Um, And she died like two and a half years ago now. 
it's fine. She was, right. we had yeah, a yeah. really hard relationship and my life is less complicated in so many ways now. Yeah. But the, but the simple fact of like writing those things down, putting words on them, yeah. um, it changes my relationship with yes. it. Cause even if it's hard, it's not secret, you know, like it's, yeah, there's something yeah. different about it. And I'm never going to be a person that tells that story for the first time again. Like yeah. it's, it's something that's, like when yes. when you have that kind of a story to tell and you haven't told it, that affects you. Yes. And then like yeah. I'm still a person who experienced all that stuff, but like the story's told, which mm-hmm. automatically changes my relationship to it. Yeah. Um. So I mean that's just like one example, but I think that's always true. Yes. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what I was trying is. to articulate that. I think you, yeah, you did it better than I did. <laughs> Great. Um. Yeah, there was this screenplay I wrote. It started in like 2015 and it was about an an Asian family and the, like these Asian teenagers, second generation and their relationship to their parents. And it evolves over the course of five years. And once I finally finished it and I was really happy with where it was, um, in 2015, I was kind of, um, having a strange, uh, relationship, I guess, with my, with my mom who's still alive. I don't know if she's going to listen to this. I don't know. It's but, your, yeah, it's your you stories. Know yeah, yeah, frankly, <laughs> it, I, 2015, I was still a dumb kid. Yeah. I'm still a kid now. But yeah. um, I guess I was, yeah, between like 2010 and 2015, I was super depressed. And I would, I had huge anger problems and I would lash at people. So I got into arguments with my mom a lot. Mm-hmm. And writing this screenplay coming out of it, um, was yeah it changed my perspective on yeah. my relationship it's fascinating it is yeah once you it's like you're having a therapy session with yourself when you create something like totally. that totally i mean that's kind of what i meant when i was saying before like sometimes the art affects you back like i i frequently feel like that i mean i feel like i feel like i have a really hard time being motivated by my own like I don't know how to say it, but like the stuff I'm motivated by is like stuff that I haven't done. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more, I'm interested in stuff that I haven't tried. Yeah. Yeah. And that, too. and that kind of necessarily means that anytime I'm working on something, I'm uncomfortable, Yeah, which I just, I like it better that way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what that means, what that says about me, but like, you know, I, I'm always working outside my comfort zone. I, I'm the most creative. I'm the most interested. I'm the most like sensitive to, you know, small variations and yeah. details when I'm uncomfortable, when I'm in an unfamiliar territory. And then, but once I've made the thing and I've spent all the time in it, it doesn't feel unfamiliar anymore. Yeah. And that changes, like that kind of then changes like me as a, as a person, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and specifically as an artist, um, Rather than I think some people spend a lot of years like working on something internally, like cooking, cooking it, you yeah. know, cooking around it. And then they make, and then they make it into a thing. Yeah. And I almost feel like I do it the other way. <laughs> like, I feel like <laughs> right. there's a thing over here that, that is, is gathering my attention and then like yeah. I'll move myself to it. Yeah. Um, that is interesting. But I've heard all kinds of things from people. I should go back and like make a list. You know, when I'm talking about this, people, people will say things sometimes that I'm like, really like <laughs> like just their process of like yeah. how they make a thing or like how they like you know what is the relationship between their ex- experience and the thing like mm-hmm. how are they doing it how does it you know change who they are how yeah. do they change what it's going to be i think it's so fascinating because it's super super personal yeah like 
There aren't patterns per medium. There aren't patterns per age. There aren't patterns per gender. Like everybody has their own relationship to the stuff they make. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like your, like, how do you feel like your, the state of like, what what, what state you're in? Like if you feel depressed, if you feel angry, if you feel like thinky, you know, like if you feel like you're out of your body and you're like in your brain. Right. um, How, how does, how does your like human makeup affect your art? Well, I, I'm most creative when I'm inspired by other artists. Like, for example, when I saw that bass player on YouTube yeah. and I immediately was like, I need to, I want to learn how to play the bass. Or when I, um, when I watch, oh yeah, when I watch a fantastic movie that completely like blows me away, that moves me, I get home and I'm like, I need to write a movie. Like I need to do something. Yeah. It, that's what inspires me the most. So when I'm, when I'm around creative people or I've seen something fantastically creative and inspiring, that's when I'm creative. But when I, uh, when I for, forget to surround myself with kind of motivating things like that, I kind of s- just do and sit around and so it's more like go the, back to the same old, same the old like stuff. Artistic like depression yeah. is a result of not consuming, like being inspired. Yeah. Yeah. V- versus the other way around. Interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I'm still like every time, uh, even in those little ruts, sometimes I think of good ideas for stories I want to write. Yeah. So I like write it down and make sure to get the idea down. And I'm still thinking of, yeah, I'm still daydreaming and everything, but I'm not in like a manic creative uh, mood. Right. Yeah. 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 A spurt. Yeah. Um, that's super relatable. <laughs> I, I'm really bad at writing down my ideas when I'm, when I feel it's depressed, yeah. I won't like, I know I'll have good ideas that totally pass me by. Cause I'm like, <laughs> when I get depressed, I feel, I feel too depressed to even yeah. acknowledge my What's ideas. That's something I should work yeah. on in my thirties. <laughs> um, and then let's also talk about, you kind of, you kind of mentioned it, but does, does the relationship, like, how do you relate? How, okay, so there's the relationship between the art and the artist, mm-hmm. art, artist. There's a relationship between the art and the consumer mm-hmm. or the art and the audience. And there's a relationship between the audience and the artist. Do you want to say anything about those other two? I mean, you kind of told me that you feel like as soon as you've made the thing, yeah, it's not yours anymore. But do you feel in any way like... Is there anything you want to say about the relationship between your audiences and the stuff you make or between the audience and yourself? Um, I, let's see, let me think in yeah, real time. I know this. it's like a big I, question. <laughs> and what I find is that if people are going to have thoughts about it, they have them right away, Yeah, you know, and if, I, they, if yeah. they don't, then that's also fine. I guess, you know, it's, it's, I have this weird thing where when I'm performing, and I, for an audience, and I hear their laughter and their feedback. I love it. Yeah. But when I get off stage, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear praise. I, I am the same way. I don't want anything. Way. What do you think that's about? I don't know. It's yeah. it's like, I'm me again. Don't talk to me. Yeah, I think I feel <laughs> like, that way too. Or like, it, so you want it to be about the thing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And that's part of why I feel so apologetic. That weird yeah. apologetic feeling you get when it, I know, it's so you're awkward. putting on a concert. I totally get like, it. Sorry for putting myself on stage. Yeah. And making you look at me and <laughs> consume <Yeah. laughs> my art. Um, 
yeah so when you're in a character or you're just trying to goof around and make people laugh yeah um that's fine yeah because you're doing it with them you're like having a good time with them yeah and then when you're or sorry i keep saying you when i'm off stage <laughs> um i i don't want the praise it feels narcissistic yeah 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 I totally get it. But I think that's I also don't really know about it. Like I, I feel like that's something that I'm, that I'm aware of in myself, but I don't really like it. Yeah. Like, I feel like there must be a graceful way to be like. No. I, yeah. I mean, I've gotten good at saying, thank you so much. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it. I'm not like, don't talk to me. Yeah. You know, how dare you say that to me? Yeah. I'm so yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm respectful and I'm grateful. Obviously well, I'm grateful. I think that's but, not what I mean. I think I mean more like. If you've made something, mm -hmm. like, especially if it's something you wrote, I think, because you're, act, I mean, acting is so, it's like you're, like, for me, I feel like the difference between, like, someone complimenting the music I wrote versus my singing, mm -hmm. it feels oh, yeah. like a bit of a different thing to me. But, like, you know, if I worked really hard on writing, like, little Easter eggs into things and, like, mm -hmm. you know, I had, like, you know, a, a reharmonization or, like, you know, something in the music yeah. that I'm like, I hope someone notices that. Uh -huh. Like, you know, if someone wants to talk to me about that stuff, right? Specific. I feel different about that. Yeah. Than people just being like, it was really good. Oh my like, God. Like, I mean, yeah. I think maybe, I think maybe it's, it, the problem lives somewhere in this thing of like, I don't know exactly what your compliment means. Mm -hmm. And therefore like, I don't. I don't know if you're just being really nice. trust it. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know if you're being nice or if you actually like got the thing that yeah. I was trying to do. But at the same time, you have to trust that they really do genuinely think you did a good job. Yeah. But they're just not. They don't. They're, they're not in the industry. Again. You know, they don't yeah. know the lingo or whatever. Yeah. Or they don't specifically know why they, they like it, but, but they know you they just haven't. Yeah. Talked about it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just there's no time to yeah. go into it. Just yeah. good job. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But I I want to talk about. Oh, you mentioned it. Yeah, when people go into specifics, it's this weird thing. So my relationship with myself and my art is when I finish my art, I put it out there and now I'm in the audience too with it. Mm -hmm. When I finish like a mm -hmm. screenplay or a play or anything, I'm the audience now too. I'm looking at it objectively. Uh, that's my re weird relationship that I have. So when, when I put my art out there and then people start uh, talking about it with me, I, I love going into critiquing it or, mm -hmm. you know, figuring out what worked and what didn't mm -hmm. objectively because yeah. I'm not personally tied to it anymore. It's out there. Now let's, you know, mm. does it resonate with people? Do, do I, you know, does it work? Yeah. What doesn't work? That's, um, that's my relationship with the art that I make and with my audience yeah. that consumes it. I'm with you them now. Be I'm, I'm in the audience. It. Yeah. yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. And so that's yeah, why well, it's awkward when people like put people, you yeah. as when, like an authority. You're like, but what did you think? Like, yeah, I just, what did you think? Cause I'm on you your side. Let's good yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. I want you to like talk about the work. Right, don't talk about exactly. me. That's it. Yeah. Don't talk about me. I'm not a part of this anymore. Yeah. Let's dissect this work. Did you like it or yeah. did you not? And why did you notice these things? Like yeah. if you didn't like, did you know? Yeah, exactly. I think I get that. I yeah. think I'm the same way. That's why I hate, compliments yeah because generally genuine generally, generally sorry they're <laughs> generally general oh my god they're directed at me yeah and i hate that and you're kind of like it's not the point yeah. i don't care thank yeah. you so much but it, it's okay if you didn't like it yeah <laughs> i'm like yeah. um 
you know, and it's that weird line, weirdly narcissistic line that you have to walk between being grateful and accepting praise when it's given. Yeah. And being open to criticism, but not like only wanting criticism from your audience. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. my struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough stuff. Well, it's tough because you are your art, but you're also not, mm-hmm. but you are, yeah. but you're not. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, there's a, yeah. I think part of my like trigger about it is like, I always worry that people think I'm, I think I, I think I worry that people assume that I made the thing to get praise. Oh yeah. And I feel very like, I feel very touchy about that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't care. I would have made it even if no one was going to like, I wanted to make it. I hope it does something for you, but like, you know, I want to know, like, I want to know how it affected you. Right. I don't want you yeah. to feel like you need, like you no. owe yeah, me something. Yeah. Like, I agree. Yeah. Like that's very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't want you to feel like you need to like tell me something about me. Like right. I, I'd love to hear how the work like felt to you. Yes. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't care if you think I did a good job. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I did a good job if it, felt good to you yeah if it resonated with you in any way yeah or if you if it inspired you to do better because you think i didn't do particularly what you would have wanted in certain aspects and you feel like you could go create your own thing and improve in those ways totally i agree i think i just have one more kind of like general question before we just wrap it up um unless there's anything else that you're like you know what i would like to say something um what what do you hope your work, like, what do you want your work to mean? Or like, what are, what are your, maybe really a better way to ask it is like, what are your values yeah. as like a writer, as an artist? I think my main I, I, um, mission statement or whatever that I've come to discover over the years is that I want to let people know that um, the... Uh, if if there is a story you feel like is missing on stage or on screen or on the radio waves, then it is your duty to tell it. Um, so um, you want to like sh- exemplify that. Yeah. Don't be yeah. afraid that, uh, you know, oh, no, one, uh, no one's going to want to listen to this or, oh, my story isn't up there. Maybe people don't want it or maybe hopefully someday it'll be up there. Um, I think you have to give yourself permission to tell your own story or tell stories that mean a lot to you. Um, yeah. yeah. It, so do you think like related to that is like, you want to tell a story that you hope other people like are wanting to like that they, that they felt was missing too? Yeah. 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 And like tell stories that people are like, Oh, this is a story I haven't heard. Yeah. That's it. I w- new stories or stories that are, adjacent or almost their story that compels them to be like mm. you know what i can tell yeah my story then if this guy can tell his story and it, it was almost my story yeah but it not quite yeah i hope that inspires them to go tell their own yeah their own unique story great i love that well i would like to interview you again in like 15 years okay you know, I love I love interviewing young people, and I think I'm a young person too, because we have unique perspectives about our profession. Yeah, you know, 
that are that are going to be different perspectives than than people who've been doing it for thirty years, forty years, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I'm 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 really interested in like I'm really interested in all in all <laughs> yeah. the perspectives. But but yeah. Um, okay, the last question I ask everybody okay. is, "What's your dream collaboration? Build oh. build me build me a team. Oh, who would you love to work with? I." Conan O'Brien, if you're listening to this, <laughs> please let me work on your show. I love him too. I'd love to work with you. <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah. I, that's, I think that's, that's one, of one. My, one of my short-term goals, I guess. Cool. I feel like there's, that, that could happen. With Conan O'Brien there's no reason matter. that shouldn't happen. Yeah. You got to move to LA. I know. I know. That's what I was going to yeah. do. <laughs> next year. Uh, next year. When we have a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Anything else? Uh, you know what? Do do dead artists count? Sure, so? yeah. There's two. Anthony Bourdain, tragic, he passed yeah. in, I think, 2018, yeah. 2017. It feels like a year ago, but this past year has been strange, I so know, yeah, could have been more. And I would have loved to work with Gene Kelly. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, in my heart and soul, I love dancing, yeah. but I'm just, I didn't start early. I don't have yeah. the coordination. <laughs> But yeah, Gene Kelly would yeah. have been incredible to work with. I think that uh, such like an exuberance. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I is so expressive and oh, Conan is like that too. Maturing. You have yeah. like a men- you have a mentor type. Yeah, <laughs> just super incredibly talented, but really understated about it. Yeah, it, it, like the talent speaks for itself. Yeah, and um, just in. It, absolutely industrious, right? Yeah. Uncompromising. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Those are great values. Um, tell everybody where to find like you, oh. follow you and or, and or find your work. Um, where they can, where they can see what you've made or hear what you've made and then where they can follow you. For oh, well stuff. I just recently did, um, there's this like nationwide theater initiative about for uh, called play at home where a lot of theaters around the country commission local artists to um, write short plays that families can perform at home while in quarantine. So I got to write a short little play, like 10 pages. It's about pirates. Awesome. If you go to, I think it's playathome.org or something. Um, Yeah, Plan B Theater commissioned a bunch of local artists here to... Plan B is so cool. Yeah, they're doing great stuff. And it's been a privilege to be able to work with them. Yeah. Um, what about like your Instagram? It's Brandon Min. B-R-A-N-D-A-N-M-I-N-H. Okay, cool. And did you guys hear Brandon with two A's? Yeah. Brandan. I think I should change that. <laughs> I don't think you need to. I'm so cool. exhausted of explaining oh. <laughs> it to people. I can't. My name should and just be the letter B. Don't have to spell it out for anyone. B Min. Yeah. I was thinking just changing it to Min, my Vietnamese name. Cool. I don't know. I support you. Um, um Okay. Are any of your plays going to be, I mean, Plan B is not putting anything on no, this year. No, I also, okay. yeah, I, I well, don't know. You'll have to give me the link to your, to your pirate play. If, yeah, for if you sure. can. Um, great. Brandon, it was so nice to yeah, meet you. Yeah, good to meet you Thanks too. Thanks for coming. This has been awesome. Good, I loved it. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Sarah Keel. 
If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.